Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. And verse 5. So the Bible says, Why are you cast down? Now, the word cast down is very interesting because that's a term that would be used to describe a ship. Now, what would happen with a ship, especially if the ship is really big? is that if it falls, and it falls upside down, it begins to panic, and as time goes by, uh, if it's not found by the shepherd, it could be in big trouble. Something could go wrong with its veins. Eventually, the ship could even die. Interestingly, the trouble of the soul is being compared to that. That's the word that's being used. It says, why are you cast down all my soul? Now, what I find interesting is that David was not yet in our dispensation where you could get born again. And yet, with just the light that he had, he was able to separate himself from his soul and talk to it. You know, a sheep cannot get itself back up. And David knew that because he was a shepherd. And yet, this David was able to talk to his soul and say, why are you cast down? Don't you think there are certain things David did that amaze you? You could tell he was living in a dispensation beyond him. Such that there was a day where the guy encouraged himself. Have you ever thought about that? He encouraged himself. And the situation that led to him encouraging himself was also very interesting. David had been anointed as king. But, instead of going to the palace, he eventually found himself in a cave. In a cave, he was joined by some of the rejects of Israel. The very rejects. And also by his brothers and a few others. And he became their captain. He became their leader. Now, these guys went from being rejects to people who could even have wives and have children. Because the rejects, nobody never had those. And then he goes into battle and when they came back, they find that the women, the children and all those have been gotten. Then those regions who were nothing before David turned to him and they wanted to kill him. Now, at that point, don't you think he could have said, you know what? God, uh-uh. I, I was just, I was comfortable tending my father's ship why you had to give me this anointing and A, B, C, D keeps happening and it seems to be going from bad to worse. He could have easily given up. But the Bible tells us something very interesting. He literally sat down and encouraged himself. Praise God. 
you know how difficult it can be sometimes for someone to encourage another person. The guy encouraged himself. This was before the Holy Spirit could dwell in men. The guy encouraged himself. I find it interesting, and even as I tackle this topic, I want you to know that you are big. I want you to know that you have authority. I want you to know that, listen, when the word of God comes, let me tell you something that the word of God can do. You're bigger than your emotions. You're bigger than how you feel. Look at what the word of God can do to you. Give me Hebrews chapter 4. And let's go to verse 12. I want you to see this. This is a scripture I am still pondering on. It's a scripture I'm still meditating on. Because I would love to know the height, the depth, and the width of it. The, the Bible says the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Do you know that when you've got the word of God in your spirit, you can be able to lead, you can create a divide. You can be able to tell saying this is from the solution. room. Listen, you can, ex you can express dominion even over your soul. Think about some of the words of Jesus. He would say things like, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. For Jesus to say, do not let your heart be troubled, and we know that the grace is in the instruction. That in those very words is the grace for you to look at your heart and say, hey, you're being troubled, you're being troubled. No, I'm not permitting you. I'm telling you. Praise God. Praise God. You may be watching me right now. And who knows? Maybe you are in the very dungeons of depression. And you think you've reached a state which is uncontrollable. Listen, I came here to tell you that once the word of God comes, once this word of God which quickens comes, it can put you in a position where it's no longer your heart that decides for you. You can tell it, ah, I'm not going to allow you to be troubled. Praise God. So we are looking at steadfastness. And I just wanted us to know that it is possible for a soul to be cast down. And let's look at a few scriptures. Just Let's start with the scripture on steadfastness. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 58. And I want it to be from the Amplified Version. And then I'll explain a bit more on steadfastness. And today we'll focus a bit more. You'll see as we go on. Because this one I can't finish in one week. So I'm sure you're excited to know that we've got a new Wednesday series. I'm just looking at you and I'm wondering, oh my goodness. The life will never be the same again. That's it. It's changed. It's changed. Your life has changed. Woo. Now someone would say, what if I'm already doing well. Don't you know there's a higher realm of glory? If there's something that never dies in a believer, the hope, it's the expectation of a greater realm of glory. It's Christ in me. The hope of glory. Let's go. Therefore, hey! 
My beloved brethren. This one, I want us to read it together. But where there is my beloved brethren, say, my beloved, then put your name. Because you have to learn to talk to yourself. Okay, one, two, three, let's go. Uh -huh. Be firm, steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile. It is never wasted or to no purpose. Oh. Hey. And, and, and you know, that's why you must never let anything affect your service to the Lord. Be immovable. 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 Listen. There are certain things like a car that can be moved. If you know, I'm, if, if I say, come to my car, you ask me where are you parked? Because you know that I can move it from here to there. But if I say, meet me at my office, you will not ask where have you parked it today? Because there is a realm of immovableness it has reached. To move it will take a lot. But there is a realm even beyond an office. Listen, there is a realm even beyond this building. The Bible says, those that trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken. Where have you heard that they are, oh, they are from moving a mountain, they moved it from that location to that location. No, today we don't feel like having Mount Everest here. We've, even when the oceans go up, they go, the mountain rarely moves. And I want you to know that it was deliberate when Jesus told us our faith could move mountains. It was deliberate an idiom. It wasn't, he was literally talking about a mountain. As much as we can say, no, sometimes the mountain is this, the mountain is this. He was talking about a mountain. Okay. Praise God. So you can come to a place where you are immovable. Unable to be moved. Steadfast. Steadfast. And there are biblical keys for this. There are biblical keys. Remember what we've always discussed. That the higher realms of God are unlocked through keys. They are unlocked through keys. Don't you remember when Jesus was telling, saying war to the Pharisees? For they've hidden from you, the lawyers, they've hidden from you the key of knowledge. They have not, then he says they've not entered and they don't want anyone else to enter. That shows you, that shows you something. There are, there are realms of grace that you can only unlock when you know. That's why I'm excited for you because what you're about to know now, you're about to walk into that realm. This is your life. Your life. It's the example you will set for those before you. This is your life. Where if anyone describes you, one of the things they will say is that when it comes to this one's devotion to the Lord, when it comes to their stance, this one is immovable. Have you ever had a stronghold? You know there's a difference between a stronghold and a strong man, right? I'm saying this because, you know, sometimes, um, sometimes when people are praying, you can tell they don't really. The strong man is that one. It's, it's like if a body is possessed, the boss, that's a strong man. A stronghold, on the other hand, a stronghold 
manifests in a very hard to move thinking pattern. A very hard to move thinking pattern. The only thing that can break that one is the word of God. Because the word of God is like a hammer. But do you know on the other hand, there are some people who've developed strongholds of faith. Because look, a stronghold in a battle, a stronghold is that, it's like if, if another sister has come to fight you, there is that part which is called your stronghold. That's why you've got your utmost defenses. That's why you've got your biggest defense. Praise God. Ask anyone who's with me. No matter how much I like a song, if there is a line that talks about being poor, I'll edit it. It's a stronghold. <laughs> no. For me, the wealth mindset is a stronghold. I can't. I refuse. Not even an example, not in an idiom, not in a... <laughs> I can't. I can't. No. 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 Uh, I'm telling you. Praise God. You come to a place where you can't sing certain things. Anyways, let's not go there. And you know, the trouble with growing in the faith is that I had to, I had to, I had to edit a lot of songs. That's the trouble. I think that's the biggest trouble I've had, having to edit a lot of them. You know, I, let me give you an example. Um, I'll give you an example. Uh, Then I came to a place where I'm not expecting to fall. Not expecting to. Praise God. For those who are watching live, light, more lighting will be back soon. Maybe you can just give them our banner for now as they sort out the lighting. Last week we promised you that we'll run the sound on, on Genesis, right? Because we also don't know the schedule anymore. <laughs> okay. So praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So in case you're wondering what has happened, power has cut. Uh, but we improved the lighting shortly. I think that's the one area that we just need to work on. But we managed to sort out the sound. due to the complexity of connections. So let's, let's go back. Now, one would say, but Apostle, it's easy for you to say, what if I've been in a position where it has applied to me? What if I was going steadfast for the Lord, I fell and he lifted me up? That's okay. But then, if truly restoration has taken place, then you understand that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It doesn't have to be part of your future anymore. And so it doesn't have to be part of your confession. Praise God. Haven't you read it says if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you. The trouble is that we think he just forgives. He also cleanses. And remember, it's his faithfulness on the line, not ours. 
Praise God. Say, I am unmovable. Say, I am unshakable. So now, these are things you have to start fortifying yourself with. These are things you have to start developing, developing hard skin towards certain things. Praise God. So let's go now to one of the keys to being steadfast. One of the keys to being steadfast. Praise God. Uh, Major, just, just help me. The team that are watching, are they able to hear us? So sound has been maintained, right? And then picture will come back. Okay, thank you. Praise God. So today, there is one I want us to look at. One key I really want us to look at. And we'll take it from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to read from verse 12. We'll read about eight verses. Because I didn't know where to start. Let's start from verse 11. Hey, praise God. It's better you say, Don't confess it into your future. I know I will be sick soon, but God will heal me. Don't confess that into your future. It's not necessary. Praise God. Unmovable. Say, I'm unmovable. Every time you meet me, I'm on fire. You know, I was, I was, I was on the panel. Uh, I've not even told you which panel, whether it's today's or Sunday's. Nevertheless, I was on the panel on, on, on Sunday, and I was privileged to to be one of those allowed to ask questions. So I asked Pastor Dr. Cholwe a question. And uh, I asked him, how are you always on fire? Do you know the first comment he gave? What if you have become the fire? <laughs> hey! Praise God. Now, here is uh, the Holy Spirit speaking um, through the author of Hebrews, and he says, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence, the full assurance of hope until the end. Leaders, I've got a challenge for you. If the past three years of COL had never happened, and we're only to count the last two months, and everyone just started from there, would you be a leader? Or are you a leader because we've known each other for a while? Always challenge yourself like that. Always challenge yourself like that. There should never be a time. I, I was talking to the leaders. I think I said this on Friday during the overnight, right? I said if there is something that should never happen, no one should ever outdo you when it comes to zeal. Somebody can come who's more skillful. Somebody can come who's... But no one should do you when it comes to zoom. No one. 
No one. They should match you, not outdo you. Praise God. So it says, we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. Uh -huh. That you do not become sluggish. Be careful. There are times you can even be moving in the right direction, but you're not moving at the right pace. He says that you do not become sluggish. Don't. But what must you do? Imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. Praise God. You know that there is such a thing as developing skill in the word of God, right? And I was reading something very interesting uh, in one of my studies. That actually when it comes to psychomotor like physical things, the first level is always imitation. If you're able to imitate it, then from there you can be able to now uh, develop even your own. So the first level is usually imitation. But that's not the topic for the day. So imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Let's go on. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no one greater, he saw it by himself. Keep following saying, surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all disputes. Uh -huh. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. It's just showing you how God's promises to us are very legally binding in the realm of the spirit. They are legally binding. The day you realize that, the day you realize that, you understand what it means when, when the Bible says if you ask for anything according to his will, if something is written in a will in the natural, if something is written in the will, the desire of the person who's got the right to it, and that person has said from now on, this one now has the right to it. No one can talk them out of it. The judges, the police, no one, none of them have the right. There's a case I heard of. I heard about it last year. This uh, a certain man who passed away some years ago, could be in the early 2000s or in the 90s. And the relatives decided to get the property instead of the child. The child went to law school <laughs> and then read somewhere that what? And read the percentage that was due to her. Read everything that was due to her. This was years later. Found a lawsuit. And then the property, they had apparently sold it to a company. That company didn't do, do their due diligence and research. No matter how much the company developed, was seized and given to that girl. Because she read somewhere. And decided to take a step. So God has gone the lens to assure us of this promise. He's gone the lens. We're taking a bit long with the lights. I'm sure we'll sort it out. Let's go on. 
that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. I, I, I want to talk to you about maximizing the power of hope. You have to maximize that. Now, before we can talk strongly about faith, you have to understand hope. Why? When you read in Hebrews, we see that faith is the substance of things hoped for. In short, hope sets the platform for faith. Hope sets the platform for faith. And that's why when Satan wants to kill a person's faith, when Satan wants someone's faith to reduce, because you know, faith, faith is measurable. Faith can be quantified. What does he do? He attacks hope. He attacks hope. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now, let's look at the next verse. This is, this is really my main verse. This hope. Somebody says this hope. We have as an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast. And which enters the presence behind the veil. You understand it shortly. But I want you to understand something. The soul is something very delicate. For those who may not know, man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. Now, when you get saved, the one that becomes the new creation immediately is your spirit. But that's the dominant one. Don't forget that. Then your body, you are to subdue it. And because of the life of your spirit, your body can be revitalized. Now, for your soul, this is where your mind is, right? And the soul is so powerful. Your heart is there as well, your emotions. Now, the soul is so powerful that the Bible tells you that, this that one component of your soul, which is your mind, if you are to renew it, everything about you will be transformed. That's how powerful it is. And it's so powerful that the reason why we preach the word of God is actually for the salvation of your soul. Haven't you seen 1 Peter 1 verse 8 to 9 where it says, Whom not, having not seen you loved, though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, I want you to understand something. The soul can be very, what word can I use? Volatile. The soul, go back to Hebrews 6 verse 19. The soul can be like a ship on the waters. If you do not steer it, it can go in the direction of the current. A soul, that can be. I'm aware that you can be a believer and you can fall madly in love with an unbeliever. Even when you know the Bible tells you that married believers, as in madly, head over heels, somersaults, butterflies in the stomach. Even men experience it. How do you think it's only ladies? <laughs> Should see men. Are you aware? Do you know you can actually fall in love with an unbeliever? The soul. Allow it, you'll be, you'll be amazed. 
you'll be amazed. You're talking every night. You'll be amazed by where the soul can take you. I'm telling you, that realm, that realm can be so volatile that you can get addicted to the wrong things. Even when you know they are, you know, okay, this movie is not right for me. But somehow you can, can get an attachment. The soul can get attached to a football club. They keep on losing. You just can't stop watching. I'm going to lose her. You've tried, I bind. <laughs> but something about you celebrates when they score. What am I trying to say? The soul is absolutely important. And Satan knows this. He knows this. And that's why he's very deliberate about areas that he touches. He's very deliberate about them. He knows this. And you find that uh, as a man of God, the biggest issues we deal with are not even issues of the body. It's usually issues. Majority of, the, of, of all my counseling in the office has to do more with the soul than with the body. That's the majority. And earlier on, we're being told to continue with the same diligence. Now, something that we see here is that when the soul is affected, it can be very difficult to continue with the same fire you've been on. And Satan knows that. But guess what? <laughs> we have a solution. We are told that we have this hope as an anchor of the soul. An anchor. Now, you know what an anchor is? Now, for you to understand an anchor, you have to understand that ships move on the water, right? Then an anchor, it's like a thing. You know, as I'm explaining, if our team can very quickly download the photo of an anchor, I would be helped. Come on, guys, I know you. You're, you're that good. You can even shut down that for now. An anchor. You know, I'm trying to describe how an anchor looks. It looks like this, then like this. Like an axe, two sides. <laughs> but then I can tell you what an anchor does. An anchor keeps the ship calm, it keeps it steady. I think. The closest, because you know, I've never been on a ship. How many have been on a ship before? How many have been on a ship before? One, two, three. Oh, eh. Anyways, we bless the name of the Lord. <laughs> okay, now, anyways, I've been on a boat, but I'm in a Those most of us speedboats, fire batter minuka. And <laughs> I remember when, because I, I went there, I think, I've been going there the past two, three years. I would usually go there um, alone just to reflect at the end of the year. I don't know if I'll still have such permissions. Um, but nevertheless, I remember going there and we're about to go on that part. And you know, were, everyone else was in a group or with someone. And they looked at me and they looked like, they, they, they felt pity for me, like, it's alone. You know, they thought I was so lonely. Can't 
the guy is enjoying himself. Come on, guys. Come on. Thank you. So that's an anchor. I told you it's like an axe, but then like this, and like this on the other side. So I remember being there and I was alone. And they thought, you can come with us. You know, they really thought I was lonely. They even said, wait, wait, we know you. Apostle Frederick, right? I said, oh. As usual, when someone says they know me, I know the first thing they'll say. We usually see your photos. One of your members says, oh, you, I don't know how you guys post. But, I mean, even at airports and the like. And so, when entering that kind of small boat, it had to be fixed to somewhere. Otherwise, you are either going to step in the water or the moment you stepped on it, you are going to fall into the water. So that's what an anchor does. Now, those are for small boats. Have we removed the photo? Now, for something larger, can you imagine the anchor that it needs? You know, there are huge ships in the world that carry, that carry the majority of things that you see around are actually transported by ship. You know, it's the most common mode of transport for business. So we've got ships that are transporting, maybe let's say, um, I was going to say that I've sounded political, so it's okay. We've got ships that are transporting trucks. Can you imagine what strength the anchor needs to have? Because the treasures on that ship, if they get wasted away, will affect many. Imagine if the ship which is carrying oil, which we all need for fuel, how much protection and what powerful anchor it needs. Now, with all those destinies you're carrying in you, first there is your destiny. And then there are all those destinies that are that that that, that that are dependent on you. Can you imagine what manner of anchor is needed to keep you steadfast? All those lives that you are carrying. All those, you know that there are people who are dependent on how, how you answer to God's call. Listen, there are people who are alive today because I answered God's call. And as I was driving home last night, I was thinking, how many people are not okay today? Because of any day that I missed prayer. And I, and I don't say that to condemn myself, to challenge myself. I don't say to condemn myself. I think if only I can focus a bit more on this. I was thinking, God, we want to reintroduce the healing campaigns next year. And I was saying, oh, how many people are struggling? Why have we taken off the photos? How many people are struggling? Simply because we've not dedicated a two weeks and put, I don't know, 2,000 kwacha fuel in our car and just gone around praying for sick. How many lives can we restore? You knew how many times I get people coming to the office saying, you don't know what you did. You prayed for my mother. During the, there's somebody who came recently and was saying during the healing campaign, two, three years ago, you came to our household and you prayed for my mother, and my mother is still well today. Imagine how many lives were changing. So, what I'm trying to say is this. Think about it. With all these people I'm handling, 
what effect would be there if I became bitter? You know, because eventually destiny is beyond you. So now, for an anchor to work well, as you can see from the photos, it has to be strong. And then it has to be connected to the ship. That's the key. It has to be connected. And then from there, it has to be put on firm ground. And when it's put on firm ground, it can hold. I want us to read the same scripture we've been reading. But we're going to read it from the Passion Translation. Do we have the Passion Translation? I'll read it for you from the Passion Translation. Then we'll read it from the Amplified. Oh my goodness, this, this is going to change your life. Maybe what we can do is, uh, Tim, do we have the passion? I forgot to mention it earlier. Hebrews 6 verse 19 from the Passion Translation, the TPT. I want us to listen to this. It says, we have this certain hope, like a strong unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat which sits in the heavenly realm beyond the sacred threshold. Praise God. Let's have it from the Amplified. Hebrews 6, 19 from the Amplified. Now before we read it yet again, I don't want you to miss this. I want you to have this understanding that what happens with the anchor is that first it must be connected to the ship. So that's the part you handle. Secondly, the anchor must be strong enough to hold the ship. So you need an anchor that's strong. Thirdly, it's about where do you put the anchor? Like where does it fall? Where is it fastened to? Now this scripture shows us what that anchor is and then it tells us where it is fastened to. When you're on the sea, you fasten it to land, right? And there is obviously there is some physics and whatever on where you fasten it to. Because if you fasten it to somewhere soft. Listen, there are some ships which if you have to fasten the anchor to this building, this building can fall off. You have to find something solid to fasten it to. Now let's read from the Amplified. One, two, three, let's go. Now we have this hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. It cannot slip. It cannot break down. Whoever steps out upon it, a hope that reaches farther and enters into the very eternity of the presence within the veil. Now, if you read to the, from the Passion Translation, this anchor, do you know where it's held from? It's fastened to the mercy seat of God. Ah! No, 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 think about that for a second. It's fastened to the very mercy seat of God. So, hey! <laughs> the, the, there, is nothing, there is nothing on earth that can pull the mercy seat down. There is nothing on earth. There is nothing. And it's fastened to the very mercy seat of God. And then this anchor in itself, which is this hope, which hope? It's a hope that has been birthed from the promises God has given and the extent to which God has. We know, we know that there is greater glories 
we know that there's a better, as good as today is, we, know, we are even more expectant for tomorrow. As good as what we have is, we're even more expectant for what we've not yet touched. As good as we are dominating on earth, we're even more expectant for the age to come. Praise God. And then we are told something about this anchor. We are told that it's unbreakable. Hey, there's nothing, nothing that can come against it. Haven't you seen in the scriptures, Jesus is in a boat. And the Bible says there was a tempest. Listen, you may be experiencing a tempest of life. You may be experiencing the trials of life. But don't forget there is Jesus in that boat. And if you hold on, praise the Lord. Listen, even before the tempest subsided, the fact that Jesus was in that boat, praise the Lord. We have this anchor, this anchor, this anchor. Praise God. And that's why in times of trials, in times of challenges, I'll give you an example. Whenever we experience a challenge with the ministry, and we've experienced more challenges than people think we have, sometimes I'll sit back, then I'll remember that word God gave, that word God gave, that word God gave. And even in moments when I, I'm not feeling like I'm holding, there's that hope. I just know. I just know. Sometimes, and you know what is very interesting? Have you ever prayed for tomorrow and then God shows you five years? Have you ever sat down to pray? Lord, we need to pray right this month. And then God shows you your church building. I don't know if you're getting my point. We've been in a position before where we're wondering, hmm. This month, how are we going to raise for this and for this and for this? You're going to prayer. You go to bed. You have a dream about the church building. Then you receive texts from 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 prophetic sons and daughters. Pastor, sir, I dreamt of our building. Sir, I dreamt of our building. You know what happens at that moment? Even when you wake up, that which you want now, it's still not yet been paid. But you know what happens? You know that for us to go from here to there, Whatever is in between will just be sorted out. There's just a way to be sorted out. I, I don't know if you're getting my point. Who's ever had those? Where God keeps showing you bright destiny, bright future. You're over there praying, Lord, how will I pay my next school fees? He's not even showing you the graduation. He's showing you four years beyond that. And, and, and you can tell by the desire he gives you. You're out there wondering how you're going to make your next 50 quarter. Somehow on the back of your mind, you're thinking, so when I have a million, what I'm going to do for the church? I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do this. And that's just, and then because we trust the integrity, we trust the integrity of the one who has promised. He is not a man that he should lie. Therefore, we have this hope, an unbreakable hope. An unshakable one. Praise God. And with that hope, it sets the platform now for faith. It sets the platform for now. It sets the platform for grabbing a hold of it. But the platform is set by this hope. That, ask yourself, for those who've been downcast, look at yourself and say, why are you downcast, oh my soul? Don't you remember he's the same one who took you from point A to point B? Don't you trust his faithfulness? 
Praise the Lord. Say, I refuse to be downcast. And this hope is fastened to the very mercy seat of God. That's where this anchor is. The very presence of God. Now, allow me just to say one final thing, ladies and gentlemen. You may take your seats. It's a thought that has just come now. Leave this version. How many of you remember that? If not, we've, we've done a lot of teachings on the tabernacle, but for those who may not know, the mercy seat was not a joke. The mercy seat was not a joke. And I don't know how many of you know that the high priest would be tied up when he's entering the Holy of Holies. And there will be a bell on the high priest. Just in case if he's made a mistake and he gets knocked out behind the veil, they'll pull him out. And you know, the thought has come just, in short, for him, the anchor was outside. No, think about this. As the priest was going in the presence of God, the anchor was outside to pull him out if he's knocked out. And then for us, we are born in the presence. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting we leave the presence. Because remember, his presence is within. But nevertheless, we go and fight the storms of life. We go and dominate. And then for us, the anchor is behind the veil. That's where the anchor is. So that in case of anything, we are put right back. Right back to that place of refreshment. Right back to that place where the vision was casted. Right back to that place of energy. Remember, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We are brought right back to that place of recharging. Praise God. Hey! Somebody say, I have this anchor. Say one more time, we have this anchor. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Didn't I tell you your lives would never be the same again? Come on, lift your hands. These are moments to express gratitude. Kurevo koson tokoriye behesete hes. Paliete kelebro hoson tokoriye behai. Ramoso to, ramoso to, ramoso to. Jelepe keson to lobrohos. Lebente libra ason de lebrehesete kelebehes. Palie pronto kos giabra asen de lebros. Pale preheson de lobrohos.